It's July 17th, 2017, and this is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast. I'm your host, Pius. I met today's guest first at South by Southwest here in Austin a few months ago, and today I'm speaking with him. It's Bo Trefiro, mechanical engineer, skateboarder, and founder of Open Source Boards, a provider of an educational curriculum where kids design, analyze, and build their own skateboards. Uh, my name's Bo Trefiro. Um, I'm an engineer, a skateboarder, and I run a, uh, a company called Open Source Skateboards. Cool. Thank you. And what is Open Source Skateboards? So open source skateboards is it's a combination of a, a skateboard company and an educational program. Uh, so without getting into too much detail, detail right off the bat, uh, basically we make skateboards for people um, that have open source designs and custom boards, as well as teach skateboard building in schools to promote engineering um, and creative education. Can you tell me about the design side? It sounds like you build other people's designs. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. So we're kind of unique in that anyone can basically come to us with any shape they want, um, and we will fabricate it for them. Um, so on our website, we have a, uh, a CAD, a 3D modeling tool where you can go on and design your own board and uh, we can work with you to make your own shape at a fairly reasonable price, not not an outrageous price. <laughs> Is that pretty popular where you're at? Uh, you know, it's it's still relatively young, and I, I really don't do much much marketing, but it has been pretty popular among more more advanced skaters, which is kind of who we initially were targeting. Um, you know, if you have a specific shape you're looking for and no one out there can make it, um, that's basically what we, we feel a really small niche, I guess you could say. Hmm. And so talk to me a little bit about the educational side, because there are probably some educators listening who are curious about that. Yeah. So the educational side is we provide um, the kit and curriculum and lesson plans for running a custom skateboard design build uh, program. Basically, these are usually run as summer camps or after school programs. And I've run several of them here in San Diego. Uh, I've even helped out uh, at some that were a little bit further away. I've gone all the way to uh, Kentucky, actually, to, to teach one. Oh, wow. And uh, basically... Uh, what it is, is it's a, uh, I recommend like a minimum of 16 hours for the program. That's why it's usually good as like a summer camp or after school program. Mm -hmm. And students walk through or go through the entire design and build of a totally custom skateboard deck from scratch. Um, so they start with a concept. They learn a little bit about skateboards, the different types and how they're used. They sketch their idea and then take their idea all the way through design to fabrication. Um, and by the end of the class, they have a professional quality, a professional grade skateboard deck that they can ride and um, really have fun with. And for finding out more about it, uh, on our website uh, is where we kind of have more information 
uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. You could see like little clips of classes and stuff that we run here and there. But the best way really is to you know get in contact with with us directly through our website, uh, just to kind of let us know what specifically you're working for and how we can basically set you up for what you want to do at your school. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I'll put the information, all that contact information in the show notes too, in case anyone needs it. And, uh, just related to that education piece, do kids respond well to that if they're designing and building their, their own stuff or, or do they find it hard or difficult? Yeah. I think, well, every, every student's different. You know, I've seen, I've, I've done quite a few of these classes now and, I've seen a huge variety of, of responses from the students, but overall, um, it's been very positive. The students really seem to, to like and being able to take ownership and really design something from scratch. And the, the areas where it gets tough, that's where we kind of step in the instructor as a guide and we can kind of point them in directions at time. But the idea is to kind of know, to, to show students that there isn't always like a right answer. This is really an open-ended project and the students can personalize it however they want. So at the same time that they're learning and using all this, um, all these engineering tools um, and applied mathematics to actually design and make their board, they're also getting to put their own little custom twist on it. I think the, 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 the key thing with it is, is it's something that kids really can relate to Mm. And it's it's an end product that they they want to use and they want to have fun with. Yeah, I imagine, and it sounds like you have some personal experience with this that you've been teaching it or you've worked with teachers. How did you develop this whole educational side of the business? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, when I, I I moved out to California about two and a half years ago, um, almost three years ago now, and uh, I. Started the making. I started making skateboards when I when I came out here, and through the process of designing and building my own boards, I realized how much of my engineering background I was actually using to make these boards. Because you're a mechanical engineer. Yes, I'm a mechanical engineer. Yep, that's my that's my background, and that's what I currently do uh, full time. And yeah, so I was designing and building these these boards, and I was talking to some people and like, oh, you should you know teach a skateboard building class. So I approached some maker spaces and tried to set some classes up there. Uh, and I actually didn't really, wasn't able to get those going right off the bat, but I ended up teaching a 3D printing class over the summer at a, uh, a middle school. That really gave me a better feel for what it's like to, to be a teacher and instructor and work with kids because um, I really didn't have experience with that before aside from just tutoring. Mm-hmm. And from there, I got into a school as a semester-long elective. Uh, it was a one-day-a-week elective where we... It was basically the, a pilot class where it was my first time doing this entire thing. Um, and I also simultaneously had gotten a an after-school program set up uh, with a school in San Diego. So I was in these two schools, and it was just great to see these kids really excited and engaged with building and getting their hands on and, you know, throwing in every here and there, like something that they learned in school that maybe didn't have an application to them before, but could now be shown in the context of something that they understand and can relate to. 
Do you think that certain kids, certain types of kids respond best to this, like different age groups or I mean, what have you found? So I've, I've worked primarily with high school and middle schoolers. It's really great for both those age groups because we could kind of tailor it differently for each one. Like with the middle schoolers, it doesn't have to be as complex. It's much more about just, you know, having fun and building. And with the high schoolers, that's where we could start working in some of the math that, mm-hmm. you know, involves trigonometry and algebra. And the great thing is even the middle schoolers that I've worked with have been able to pick up the computer-aided design tools that we use in the class. Cool. So they're getting exposed to that at a really young age um, and are able to work through it. I, I was thinking as you were telling me about the program that if I were the one doing this, I could imagine myself screwing up the math or screwing up the design very quickly. Uh, so I don't know when you're dealing with kids, I'm assuming that these kids are sometimes maybe making mistakes or designing something that doesn't work quite how they expect. What do you do to help kids get over that? Or, or does that even happen? Yeah. So mistakes are definitely part of the learning process, but the way I kind of handle this is I try, I try and guide students because this is a really great question. Actually, I haven't really never been asked this before, but I, uh, I try and guide students towards not making a, like a critical mistake, which would be something that would just ruin the product, something they can't recover from. Uh-huh. But those are very, very rare. One of the things I like to cover in the class is if a student makes a mistake, how we then go to fix those mistakes. Because that was something that I know in my, a lot of my education, like, I didn't really get exposed to that. It was kind of like you have one shot to do this, and if you don't get it right the first time, you're either going to get a bad grade, or you know, you don't get you don't get a second, you know, kit of materials, mm-hmm. and that's it, and and you're done. But no one really said, oh well, there's you know, there's ways to fix it. You can go back and you can figure out how to make it work. So, like for example. Drilling the holes is one of the trickier parts of the process. Drilling the holes where the trucks, which are like the axles of the skateboard, mount onto the wooden part, which is the deck, which is what we're making in these programs. Mm-hmm. So if these holes aren't perfectly aligned, you won't be able to fit the trucks on because the trucks are metal. They have a very specific bolt pattern. Um, and if your, your holes in the wood are off, it won't, it won't fit. So, in the a couple of instances where this does happen with students, again, I try and prepare, the, I show them the tools to use to properly make the holes. Uh, but every so often, you know, it's, it's not perfect. And we learn how to fix that. Hmm. So if the holes are way, way off, um, we use wood filler. Um, and we can just patch those holes, um, redrill new holes. And then when the student paints it at the end of the class or puts their artwork on it, it's covered up and you don't really even notice that the that the mistake was made at all and the board works totally fine and in other situations we might just widen that hole a little bit like there's little tricks we can do here and there um but i also think you know so before i go on to that but so the main idea there is you know everyone will finish with a board that that is writable and that's Mm -hmm. that's good and that's going to work um but I don't think mistakes should really be looked down upon as part of the process because those are the best learning experiences. Because um, when you're really 
caring about something that you're doing um, and you make a mistake, you can recover from it. I help we help you recover from it, and then you also, I mean that that kind of sticks with you emotionally um, when yeah. you're when you have ownership of a project like this. So you kind of know, okay, this is why a template or a jig is really important when I'm fabricating parts. Right. So they get to iterate on their designs a little bit, and it sounds like they'll really remember the mistake they made and learn from it, basically. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, it's actually not that that common. We have a very, like, like, I've been doing this class so much and I have it all kind of documented now. So we have, like, very specific uh, uh, lesson plans that we kind of follow and go through and checks that we'll make to make sure that nothing nothing really goes wrong, which is nice. Yeah, when we were talking in person, I remember you showed me this big stack of papers that was, I believe, your <laughs> curriculum, right? So. <laughs> So teachers whose classrooms you get or schools who you, who you get involved with, I guess they would have access to all that material? Yes, yeah, definitely. And basically what it is, it's all the information that uh, we have. And a lot of what our information is available on our website for free. And we have YouTube videos and all that. What I did with this is just consolidated it into a package for teachers so that when a teacher gets a kit from us, they get this this digital package as well. And it includes the lesson plans with like time estimates of how long things will take, checklists, handouts for students. Basically, it's meant for a teacher that really doesn't have any experience with skateboarding um, and maybe just, you know, minimal experience in science, math, technology areas. It's really meant to have make it so that anyone can go out and be an instructor for this class. And the key thing about being an instructor for this class, and it's easy to forget that as an instructor too, is to kind of not not be an instructor in a more traditional sense. So yeah, this is really about the students kind of learning on their own as well, and, this, and the, the instructor being a guide. So it's really tempting for me, you know, with my experience in engineering and skateboard building to, to tell the students exactly what to do all the time, or always try and correct them, but I don't think that that's really the best way to run a program like this. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, because I have instructions on how to avoid and fix mistakes and things like that, it's a really great experience for students to learn how to learn on their own and, right. and go through a design-build project on their own that's open-ended like this. That's super interesting to me that you say that, um, clearly, because you're a mechanical engineer, you have the background in materials and, and tolerances and CAD and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. you also speak like you have learned a bit about education because um, what you're saying basically is what education researchers say, that you got to teach kids how to teach themselves in a way. Did you have guidance <laughs> on that or is that just something you picked up while doing doing all this? Um. No, I, I've definitely had some pretty amazing mentors along the way. Where I got most of my educational training from was uh, a makerspace here in San Diego called Fab Lab San Diego, um, which is just an incredible community there. And really, that's helped me so much from an educational standpoint. Awesome. And uh, yeah, can you tell me just a little bit more about your background? I know you're a mechanical engineer, but... Um... Why did you even get into mechanical engineering? 
Yeah, uh, so I got into mechanical engineering. Uh, I, I remember looking at colleges and high school trying to figure out what to to do, really. <laughs> As many of us <laughs> do, yeah. Yeah, there was, I mean, I was, I was just like interested in so many different things. Um, I really wanted to be creative. I wanted to do something that was really useful that there was a demand for. And after like, you know, looking at all these different directions I can go, I decided mechanical engineering seemed like the broadest uh, area where I can really be creative, use, utilize some of my strengths in maths and sciences, um, and have a fairly secure job in the future. Uh, so that's, that's really why I went uh, to the mechanical engineering route, my desire to kind of be creative. I want to learn how to make things, really. <laughs> so did you know what mechanical engineering was when you were a kid? Uh, not too much. I, I, knew, I knew my uncle was a mechanical engineer, and I think I took like a career test in like middle school, actually, that mechanical engineering oh, was wow. like something I, I got. <laughs> which I don't think I realized that until after I ended up applying to schools and stuff that occurred to me. But yeah, I really didn't know. It was just on, I was on one of those like college prep sites and just reading descriptions on what different majors do <laughs> and mechanical engineering wow. really interesting. <laughs> no, that's good to know. Cause oftentimes I hear from teachers and engineers that, that their kids or, or they themselves when they were a kid just did not know what mechanical engineering or what the any other fields of engineering so I think that that's neat yeah. that you had some idea. <laughs> very a very vague idea. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that you wish you had like learned earlier then about the field? Uh I don't think so. I don't regret doing mechanical engineering at all. Um, I I just really like that it's kind of like the broadest of all the disciplines because um, it really exposed me to you know there's a little bit of electrical engineering you get into a little bit of civil a little bit of you know biomechanical and software it's it's really mm -hmm. nice to to be able to do that and as someone that was really looking to i guess get out of college was you know maximizing my ability to be creative and learning new tools i really like that i got that mix of mechanical electrical software structural all that in the mechanical engineering curriculum. And what would you say to other professional engineers like you who maybe are interested in kind of giving back to the education world? Is there, are there any tips you could give them? Oh yeah, um, definitely get involved or try and see if there's any maker spaces in your area. I really like these. Uh, if you're not familiar with a makerspace. Are, are you familiar with what they are? Yeah, no, I, I am. There's plenty in okay. Austin. Yeah, so if anyone is listening that doesn't know what they are, they're basically, imagine a gym, but for <laughs> engineers in a way. So, and it's not just engineers, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but basically... People like making stuff? Yeah, yeah. Being creative. Artists, teachers, uh, I mean, the community at our makerspaces are, is really broad and varied. But uh, it's basically like, imagine a warehouse filled with a bunch of tools like a laser like laser cutters, CNC machines, 3D printers, electrical stations, uh, milling machines, 
And basically, it's they're usually like a, a uh, they work on a rental basis. So like a gym where you'd sign up to be a member of a gym and get access to the gym equipment. Mm-hmm. A makerspace, you sign up to be a member and you get access to the maker equipment. Um, and a lot of these makerspaces run classes. And a lot of engineers have very useful skills that, you know, they do on a daily basis that it's easy to forget that at one time you didn't know those skills or those things. But, you know, just go teach like a CAD class or a soldering class, something like that. And it's really fun to to get involved with the community and and share share your, your, your knowledge and skills. Cool. That's a good tip. And uh, I think we're almost out of time here. So I'm just going to uh, say, yeah, anything else that teachers or engineers or anyone should know about open source skateboards or anything else you're doing? Um, I'd say just check out the, the website and the Facebook page, um, Instagram page, uh, and get in touch if you have any questions. Uh, try and be pretty accessible. Um, and I try to be as responsive as possible, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, feel free to get in touch. I look forward to hearing from you guys. <laughs> yes. With the, the million, millions of <laughs> listeners that are not on here, but, uh, no, this is Bo Trofiro and, uh, you are the founder, right? Of open source sports. Yep. yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, check them out. Cool. Thank you. Thanks to Bo Trefiro for joining me today. For links to some of what came up in conversation, check out this episode's show notes. Please let me know what you thought about the show. Message the show on Twitter at K12Engineering or message me at Pius Wong. Review the show on iTunes, follow it on Facebook, and donate to the show on my Patreon if you can. Find the details at my podcast website, k12engineering.net. Closing music is from Late for School by Bleeptor under a Creative Commons Attribution License. The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is a production of my independent studio, Pios Labs, and you can support Pios Labs at www.patreon.com slash pioslabs. Don't forget, if you're a drone lover or a drone enthusiast, you should try to enter our drone photo contest all the details are at this episode's show notes you can also enter the drone raffle Uh, and again the details are in this episode's show notes and i spoke all about it in the previous episode and now i also have a message with rachel hi there rachel hi pius i'm glad to be back we meet again and uh we just attended an event here in austin texas what was it like it was a meetup and it was it was fun. It was more fun than I thought. It was for South by Southwest. It right? was for South by EDU, uh, to be specific. Yes. yes, it was networking and sort of getting to know other uh, possible collaborators, maybe collaborators and maybe competitors. Not really competitors. Probably. Presenters, colleagues. We're getting ideas. Yes. Right? Um, I thought it was yeah. cool. I, I thought I saw a bunch of people who. I had met before and other people I didn't meet who or who I just met for the first time. Sure. Yeah, there were a pe- there were a few people there from previous things that I had done outside of South by and outside of work and then there were former colleagues, there were people who have been with South by for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good mix. It was cool. And now here we are sitting at 
in front of a food truck here in Austin doing very Austin, Texas-like things. Can you say their name or no? Yeah, sure, why not? It's Bistro Vonish. Yeah, and they specialize in elevated vegan cuisine, and they're across the, the truck from Bananarchy, the frozen <laughs> banana dessert truck, which is also cool. Both of which are on 53rd. Check them out. <laughs> no one has paid us for this, but no, like... that is completely... That's just us. That's... What I am pitching here, though, is that... Uh, this is a very Austin night because we're planning on applying to the Austin-based South by Southwest Festival. Yes, we are. We decided for sure, right? Yes, we are applying. We have preliminarily filled out all the forms. We've written our bios. What, what's, the pre- what's the preview for listeners? What are we applying? Or what's our uh, session title? We are looking at podcasting as an educational platform and all of the associated uh, learning and collaboration Everything. that can go with that. Like... Like, uh, let's say you're a teacher and you want to teach your kids by showing them, like, a podcast about science or something. Maybe sure. you might listen to the Tumble podcast. Yep. And there are, I mean, there are podcasts that you can use in the classroom. You can learn about the uh, actual technicalities of a podcast podcasts. and teach your kids. Like, if you're an AV teacher or CTE teacher. Yes. Yeah. Teacher, yes. Oh, yeah. Scripting. Editing. Yeah. Uh, acting, drama. Acting, the drama. The, it's all the drama. The music. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh, and that would be a great time. What if, Rachel, what if you're a podcaster? What if you're a podcaster who's interested in education? Is that unthinkable? No, it is not unthinkable. And, you know, there aren't... There are some educational podcasts, and there are podcasts that like delve into... Like, like for example, the K-12 Engineering Education yes. Podcast. But there are also podcasters who may want to do outreach or get more yeah. information about how their podcast could be applicable or relevant to educators or to students or to administrators. I would love to have other people in the podcasting world to guest on this show too let's say you're a principal or you're a business person or you're a lawmaker or you're a student who has opinions about all this stuff you know having students work with legislators on a podcast (laughs) that's amazing right there that's bananarchy (laughs) (laughs) that that ish is bananas. It's, it's a plug for this food truck <laughs> that I'm looking at in the back of Rachel here. <laughs> that they are not paying us no. to do. We're but, just being uh, silly. Yeah. In any case, uh, I just want to say uh, keep an eye out for our session on podcasting for education. Yep. Vote for us. Vote for us. Uh, it'll be on Panel Picker if you follow or if you get updates yeah, uh, from South By or from South By EDU. Uh, you should be receiving emails about all of those dates coming up soon. Yeah, and uh, you can always find the links on the website, k12engineering.net. Anyway, thanks for joining me, Rachel. I think uh, we're ready for some food. Yes, I'm hungry.